It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So are we talking about the DK fight and then something else or just the DK fight and then spinning off from that? What do you reckon? DK fight is an interesting one because it was, you would have thought somebody so full of shit wouldn't have got so far with so many hits. But, I mean, I have a lot. I have a lot to say about it. So that's the thing. It's the world of martial arts show. We're going to go straight into it because you know, you guys who listen to us, you know, we like a bit of Jeet Kune Do. So we were so excited to see the modern day self-styled Bruce Lee actually fight, and it was going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, do you know what? I saw it, and uh, I'm going to go straight to Nathan Levinson because I think he's got a little bit to say about this. Over to you, Nathan. Yeah. So. We just had last night, well, early this morning, our time was the South Korean martial artist DKU fighting uh, Bradley Scott. Now, I actually know Brad. Brad's been over to train at my gym. Uh, he used to come over when Kenny Johnson, the wrestling coach, was here, and he's come over and trained a little bit. Uh, and obviously, Brad's a former UFC fighter, uh, middleweight, I believe. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I will put it straight out that I do know him, and obviously, uh, I did message him before the fight, saying I wanted to <laughs> put it on this guy. Um, now, Brad said before the fight that he was going to take it easy. He didn't want to hurt him. He was going to go to the body, which is what happened in the fight. If you're outside the YouTube martial arts world, you may not know DKU. Like I know, Mick, you said you didn't really know him that much. But as soon as you start looking at his videos, there are millions and millions of views on his videos some of his videos i, I looked at one of it's got like eight and a half million views and he's got a lot of followers and a lot of fans and a lot of people who do call him like the, the modern day bruce lee and do think he's like the second coming in martial arts and he said himself that he could fight anyone in the ufc and that he would fight conor mcgregor and made some really bold claims um before we talk about the fight i don't know if you guys have seen any of his clips and anything that you make of those well, if you don't mind me saying, it, I'm so late to the party on this guy. Like, literally, I just spent the most of yesterday and today just literally binging on watching this guy. And I just could not believe the amount of shite I saw. But then I was seeing how many views he was getting. And I couldn't believe it because it was like, 
he, like, he covered everything. This guy is literally like a touchstone to every bullshito martial art out there. When you think he can only do one, you find out that he lays claim to something else. It's like he's a master in like 18 different arts, he said. And I was just watching it, and every demo he did was against the compliant guy. And the other one is, like, I'm in martial arts. And it was, I didn't get it. I like, and I'm always on YouTube. I must admit, most of the time, conspiracy theories and stuff that, and you know, cats sneezing. But I, I was like, that. How the hell has this guy got so huge? And then it was great to see him, Nathan. So, yeah, what did you actually see in the videos? Because the videos I saw, there were ones of him doing like old school kung fu kind of demos where people line up and they're all pushing into each other. So he's only really pushing against one person and he's holding back a line of people. And some of that, um, a lot of it was just him standing there and just flicking his hand out really quickly to show that he can flick his hand out really quickly when he's not being hit and he's not having to move his feet. Um, and it's like, basically like he, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to play tag against this guy. Like I'm pretty sure he'd be good at that but I don't think it had anything to do with martial arts. I didn't really see any martial arts. There was lots of guys standing square, straight up with headgear on, and he just hit them and they'd fall over. And that's kind of it. I didn't really, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all either. I think, I mean, behold the significance of like the martial art demo, you know, I mean, go watch the foot fist way or one of these movies that really kind of, has a a scene that's talking about the demonstration you know i i in contrast to you mick i was early to the party for him which is to say i've been seeing at least compilation videos of his demos for uh, several years now i think for quite a while um i've never done a deep dive i don't know anything about him i only this boxing match match recently came up where i was like oh okay he's south korean and you know like i could have put that together but i don't know anything about him I've always enjoyed some of his demos because I'm kind of a geek for that stuff. And I think watching the way that he's demonstrating principles of how um, the, the, oh, what can I say? The structures of a body can be manipulated certain ways is interesting to look at in a demonstration. I don't think that has anything to do with fighting with martial art and that context. You know what I mean? I just, some of this stuff, they're, they're parlor tricks, but I like a magician now and again, you know, they're kind of interesting parlor tricks, you know? And I was saying to you, um, like via messenger, Nathan, just a few days ago of like, I've always thought that stuff is interesting, but you have to be self-aware that this isn't anything to do with fighting, you know? And I always took his videos to be that. I'm just sort of demonstrating uh knowledge of bodies and stuff that i've learned through the martial arts and that that i i think is fascinating on as a spectator and as a martial artist but i was dumbfounded when you said no he's calling people out like he could beat everyone and it's like watching you know a clown entertain people and not a good clown a birthday clown entertain people and then they're like no, I mean, I'm a professional actor. I think I'm going to get this uh, Academy Award winning role. Like, buddy, no, you're an entertainer. There's a difference there, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's I, the content that he's put out is maybe fun to look at. And I guess I had no idea they had that many views. I thought it was just martial art nerds like me looking at stuff on their phone. But uh, I guess if it's that big of a deal, it's because it's showy. But uh, I have to assume it's like the Detroit urban tactical thing that we're seeing so much of now too, which hits those guys, by the way, literally are a half mile from where I teach and they're right up the street from where I live. And uh, 
it, like when you watch those guys demonstrate, there's nothing worth looking at. It's all, it just looks like people falling all over each other, or at least with DK stuff. I was like, I don't know, it's kind of fun to see. God, I just, yeah, the idea that he jumped into the ring off of that is bizarre. Mick, you're in some of the same worlds that I'm in, you know, that, that does some of that stuff, you and I have talked about this before, does some of that kind of demonstration evoke anything for you or is it just just like cringeworthy well you see this is the thing right what i had i had two things immediately when i saw him so when i immediately saw him i thought to myself because there was a couple of shots from the back and i was thinking mikhail from sistema has lost a lot of weight you know what i mean because he was doing the same moving around and all of this crazy awful breakdance thing on waveform stuff and i was like People really buy that. And, you know, that's the point where, especially if, if you do martial arts and try and make money out of it, it really kills you because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty legit. You know, I, I, you know, what I'll teach you, I, I won't BS you on any of it. And like, I'll really, and then it's like, but people are still, they still have this. And then while I was watching his, while I was watching his demos, uh, I saw a great post, by the way, uh, John Will put it up, where he basically just called it out, but in great John Will style. So it was like, you know, John Will basically, I would say, is like, he's, he's sort of like a combination between Ernest Hemingway, right, and Oscar Wilde. So he's got that brutal realism, but then he's got this wit that goes underneath it where you go, is he insulting them or not? And they go, shit, he's really insulting them. That's a real burn that he's put on this guy. And I was looking. I was looking at this, like the demos, and I was like, I can't wait to see the fight. And uh, I'm using that term very loosely. But I saw it, and I was like, this coming. Oh my god, that's like the kung fu master who was 52 years of age who went up against the MMA guy, famously on, you know, where he, he, you could see a guy having a mental breakdown. But with him, that kung fu guy was question. You could see basically his resolve, his faith in himself because everything about his personality seemed to be entrenched in his martial arts. And you just saw him almost visit. And it's, I'll tell you something, it's the nearest thing to a snuff movie you're going to see in martial arts, because the guy almost dies in front of you. It's, it's unreal. Nathan? Yeah. I mean, part of me wants to get sidetracked onto martial arts demos, but I, we are going to have to bring it back to the fight. But I have to admit, I've seen these videos of his come up and man, there is a bit of me, the the kid who used to watch martial arts films, and when I didn't engage my brain, I have seen his videos and gone, ooh, ooh, oh, he just, oh, well, that's fucking cool. Because it's, like it's like watching a martial arts movie. Like, it is watching a scene in... That's John what I was going to say. It's like wushu. Or like, yeah, I don't think fighting looks like that, but it's fun to watch, you know? But even though he makes it look like he's actually would be knocking people out so there was a little bit of me that's like the the, the martial arts movie nerd was in me was just kind of like cool and then it was literally this fight it was knowing that he was going to fight brad that made me go oh i wonder what he can actually do and then i watched a couple of his clips back and i was like oh shit he can't fight at all like he doesn't know what he's doing like everything everything he's doing to demo is designed in a way to emphasize the one thing he's trying to emphasize but every other variable is taken out like he doesn't have to move his feet he's not getting hit nothing like so that he can just isolate something to make it look good so i know there's a like i think you mentioned the uh the chinese guy that um, fought the kung fu guy so i believe dk was supposed to fight him originally 
but it was never actually going to happen. It was announced, but he's not allowed out of China, so it wasn't going to happen. And then this fight happened on very, very short notice. And Brad's like Brad's been retired. He's not fought in a few years. Obviously, you can see he's overweight in the in, in the photos and in the fight. And he's trained about three days and then flown all the way out to South Korea, uh, not slept for a day, and then stepped in there. Now, he's not going to make any excuses about that. Um, that is pretty awful way to get, to get into a fight. Um, I mean, I can't imagine being on holiday and being like, yeah, yeah, go and, go and train for three days and then fly halfway across the world. Um, and also, very special rules. You know, he had to wear 14-ounce gloves. DK got to wear 10-ounce gloves. And um, it was supposed to be boxing rules. But, you know, if he threw a back fist, they let that go. But then they penalized Brad. And, like, there was a lot of strange rules and narratives. I mean, that was one of the things as well. There was this whole narrative before the fight of there's a, the, he's got a spine injury. DK's got a spine injury. It's the one question he was asked before the fight, and it's the first thing he said afterwards. He said, I've got 10% use of my left arm. I can't control my left arm. Um, because it, if you take that narrative, you don't have to watch the fight because you just, oh, that's the story. Oh, a guy who couldn't use his left arm managed to survive against a UFC fight. So you don't actually have to think about what happened in the fight because you've got that story. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know, there was even before the fight at the press conference, they had a heavyweight there, a uh, heavyweight K1 fighter to call out Brad and say, why don't you fight someone your own size? Um, there was a lot of really strange stuff going on around this fight. Um, and yeah, okay. So you watch the fight guys. What did you actually make of what happened in there? Well, if you don't mind me jumping in here, oh. Kurt. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it because it literally was, um, you know, someone said to you, now water's wet, but you're just going to find out that water really is wet because it was that, it was like that real because there's a guy who's saying he's got one arm, who's going up against guys 20 kilos heavier than him, who's a pro fighter. And somewhere in the back of your mind, they're, they're creating that narrative, which is like, this is actually going to be a fight. But everything about you is like, every conscious thought you've got in your head is going, this is never going to be a fight. And then as soon as it goes from the opening bell, and all he does, like literally, it, all they had to do was play the Benny Hill soundtrack. That's the only way that that fight could have been improved. Because all it was was a case of a guy, play, as you said, playing a bit of TIG, running backwards, evading shots, then as soon as you got, as soon as Brad hit him with one shot, he went straight to the body. So, you know, if he had, if he had a strong three punches together to the guy's head, he would have dropped him, right? And then for a guy, this is the one that got me. Uh, and I have to admit, this is the bit that I do like, because the thing is, I love grappling. So I love meeting anybody who's, not only do I don't, I don't rate grappling, but I don't think there's a place for grappling in real fighting. And then you just see a guy hang on for dear life for six rounds. You know, I, I think, I don't know who put it, but some, I think it might be you, Nathan, that said he did more clinching than Hoist Gracie in UFC 1, which is exactly the truth, because everything that he demoed didn't work. And everything that he said didn't work actually sort of worked for him. You know what I mean? It was the only thing that actually saved him. It was an absolute travesty. But it was, I, I won't lie to you, uh, it was compelling to watch, because it was you were waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, all the way through it is like the last round of any Rocky movie ever, where it's like someone's getting knocked out here. That was going to happen, and then obviously 
the commentary, you know, I don't know who that girl from like Korean loose women is, but I swear to God, she cannot commentate. And it was just, you know, where they were trying to sell it. The only time I saw commentary that worse was literally when Jim Brown and Kathy Long did, uh, and Bruce, uh, sorry, Bill Wallace did UFC one where you've got three people going, well, we have to say something. Yeah, because it was like, you know, I, I don't know what they were trying. They were without saying that before. They were trying to polish your turd, weren't they? And it wasn't working. And it was so good. Nathan, what was your views on it? Yeah, the comment, the commentary was the worst commentary I've heard. There was so much stuff of, like, he would get hit, and it would be like, oh, you know, the how he absorbed the energy of that shot, and then he'd miss a shot, and it would be like, oh, if that had landed, and I'm like, what? What are you going on about? It was very, very strange commentary. Um, but, I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, the whole thing is set up as a win-win for DK. It's like, he's got every excuse under the sun, if you know, because he talked about his age, he talked about he's, he's got a spine injury. During the fight, he kept touching the back of his neck. He's like, you know, it's, it's boxing, even though he's chosen the rules, so he can't do a lot of the things. He was saying, even though he chose a boxing match, he said, oh, I've never worn gloves before. I don't really know how to do this. Like, it, it's basically a win-win. If he gets beat, if he gets dropped or anything, it's, oh, well, you know, that like this, this isn't what, you know, it, or if he had the gloves off, if he could have done this, if he could have kicked, if he could have that, he's always got a reason. Um, but with the thing that you said, I mean, yeah, the things he demoed didn't work in there. And I thought that was the first interesting thing. Like the speed went, as soon as he had to move his feet, the speed's gone. As soon as he's getting hit, the speed's gone. The stability that he supposedly got went as soon as he's getting pushed by someone who's actually on balance. But then you said as well about the things that he says doesn't work, worked. I thought that was interesting because he's basically found out that everything that all the combat sports say, you know, like like clinching and you know and getting you know and you know evading and hitting and not not just planting your feet, moving and all the stuff that he's kind of not doing because he's not training boxing. Um, I mean, I I know he has said that oh he may go to Thailand and fight Thai fighters and stuff, which would be a, a million times worse. Um, but yeah, all the things that he doesn't really demo and doesn't really do, but is the bread and butter of combat sports. Hopefully, he's actually done him a favour. And after this fight, it's like, well, I've actually trained for a boxing match, and the things I normally do don't work. Maybe I should do a bit more of this. I mean, I doubt that will happen, but it could. I mean, it's, it's, everyone says, like, fair play for stepping in there. I don't know. Like, do we give him respect for stepping in there? <laughs> like, I know you're supposed to. You're supposed to be like, Oh, well, he actually got in there. He actually had the fight. You've got to give him respect. I, I don't know. The whole narrative thing, that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, to be honest. Yeah, I had, if you'd asked me yesterday if I respect him getting in there, I would have been like, yeah, actually, that's the one part that's kind of cool. And when you sent me um, the update on how the fight had went, the fact that he went the distance, I was like, that's also kind of cool. But that's because I didn't know any of these details that you're describing until right now when we're having this conversation and realizing, okay, so really what we're talking about is, you know, Jake and Logan Paul style, like uh, inching further and further towards professional wrestling, where these things are, they're not staged, they're not scripted, but the rules behind the scenes are so stacked to make sure a specific outcome happens that we're, you know, 
we're an audience that's that's just sort of yeah we're being kind of served up this thing this is how we want this fight to go for dk this is how we want um the the results to look and i oh, i hate I, I hate to interrupt you there but you said about the pro wrestling i don't know if you'd seen but the, on dk's video they put human versus bear and they'd also been saying that he doesn't like asians um and so they're they're, they're basically cast brad as a racist and that he's wow. like not really human and keep calling him a bear against a human and that stuff was that, that that's the stuff that really got my back up i didn't like that at all yeah well and it's interesting like i because I, I didn't know much about brad and I, I didn't know that you knew him until we started talking about it you know um which is kind of cool and i don't blame you then for having some of that perspective of coming in hot about it you know that that changes my viewpoint as well the first thought that i had when i watched it or when I started it, because I didn't finish it, was uh, this is what it, the difference between watching conditioned fighters who have gone through training camps and stuff like that and a martial artist who decides to get into the ring. You can see that immediately. There is such a difference. We talk about it all the I talk about it all the time, the difference between a martial artist and a fighter. There's correlation. There's a Venn diagram there we can make. But when you see that guy in that ring, you're like, this is, that's, that's what I would look like. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, he's not ready for that level of thing. And it's hilarious, all of the excuses that come preloaded around the idea of, well, yeah, but in my defense, this is just boxing and boxing isn't my thing. And he's the guy who picked boxing. So again, from beginning to end, the thing is sort of a setup in that way. <clears throat> and then the second thing that actually made me stop watching it, and I just caught some highlights instead, was the um, commentators, like you guys said. So I just wanted to jump in on that too. That was, that literally was, she said um, something about, and Brad, you know, or, or and DK's fighting a guy who's been in the UFC. So that's like, like a big deal like okay that's the professional level of commentary we were getting from her it was like you had nothing to say about this <laughs> well it, well you see it's interesting you said that because a couple of points you brought up first of all if you've been around long enough like i have uh being in the ufc really isn't a huge big thing because you know uh with the greatest respect to him for going in there uh and he like he actually is one of my heroes is ron van cleef the, the, the black dragon, the guy who he, he taught Ty Mac, the guy from The Last Dragon. He was a legitimately pretty good martial artist, but he wasn't an athlete really. And he certainly wasn't a fighter. And he went into UFC, I think it might've been about UFC 10. And he went in and he had such a wake up call. And if you check his Instagram now, he's like a purple belt in BJJ. Now, you know, he came late to the party, but fair play to him. He came late to the party. What, you know, I, it's quite funny because uh, it's like Nathan was saying, the, the, the martial arts fan in me, the film fan in me, wanted some of it to at least work, you know what I mean? But then like the BJJ guy in me was looking at it and going, this is just a bouncer who's walked in after the street from Coventry, who's going to roll with me now, and I'm going to crush him. And then he's going, but how did you do that? And I'm like, just because I'm smarter than you. And like, because I just know more, and like I've been in this, this real world for a while, and I think that's why if you do MMA, and especially, I, can, I can't really speak for Nathan, Nathan, but, you know, we teach, Kurt, we teach a sort of MMA, you know, by virtue of CSW. And, you know, Eric and Greg have taken that to the highest level ever. 
and we're, we're teaching it to hobbyists, but we still understand the sacrifice and, you know, the moxie it takes to be able to get into the cage and do it. You know what I mean? And then you see some guy come in and that, that was the one that got me. Cause I was like, half of me was, I had this internal jihad going on, which was, I really want some of it to work. And I'm like, but I want him to get battered as well, because I don't want people to think that, you know, you could just do a few YouTube clips and go in there and hang with the guy who's been in the UFC. Nathan. I think Kurt probably missed some of the best commentary moments if he switched it off early. There was a whole section where one of the guys on it went into basically a promo for DK's system, uh, talking all about it, talking about all the prep. And uh, there was a there was one point where he kept, DK kept getting a hit and uh, the guy literally goes, like, he doesn't want to make DK angry because... If he gets angry, then like it's going to be dangerous, and he's gonna, like he's like he's saying that he's going to hurt Brad if he gets angry, and then says, "But DK's just being nice to him," and I'm like, "Do they like DK's trying, really trying?" And Brad's like looking at the crowd, chatting, not trying at all. Uh, but they were trying to frame it as, "Oh man, DK's taking it easy on him. If he lost, if if he lost his temper, it's over." He literally says a couple of times, "Oh, if he wakes up because he gets angry, like this is going to be it." And I was just, I, I don't even know what they were watching. It was a, it was just a whole nother world. It's uh, like it, inserting uh, travel advertisements for visit South Korea. You're like, what is this? <laughs> really uh, guys, this you, swindled into you here. <laughs> guys, I hope you don't mind, right? But um, literally, Nathan, you've just hit on something that I have to, I have to mention. Um, a good friend of mine, Kev Capel, who's a legend. He's a great, great martial artist, wonderful human being, very interesting man. And Kev posted something on Facebook recently, or should I say social media, because we don't want to look like we're playing favorites here. But he, he was on social media anyway. And he 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 put this clip up of Red Mist, uh, which always amuses me when it comes to martial arts, because um, every bloke who's married to a woman called Karen, Karen will always say, don't upset Gregory, or if he gets angry. And I had that same feeling when you, you were saying, Nathan, when it was like, oh, he'll wake up soon. And I'm like, really? He's been punched in the head for four rounds now, and he hasn't woken up. Wow, well, that was some Horlicks he had last night. Uh, and it is funny. It's like, uh, it, it, is it like casual fans actually believe that anger will work? You guys know I've used this line several times. It taps into the martial arts movie thing. That's what it taps into. Again, it's that myth of, like, you know, you push the man and he's, he holds back and he doesn't want to fight and he doesn't believe in fighting. But then when he does, nobody can stop him. And it's like, it's that, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just got that whole myth around that. I mean, fair play. He took a load of shots and didn't go down from the shots. He got pushed over, like, eight, nine times. But, like, he took some punches and punched back against Brad, who's a tough guy. Like, I do have to give him some respect for that. But all the claims he's ever made just were showing up, in my opinion. That's what I, uh, I feel looking at it. it. It may not be worthwhile, but I'm curious to ask you guys to speculate on whether or not, do you think, whether or not his his decision to take this, to do this fight, DK's decision to, to do this fight is hubris, is him actually thinking he's, the next bruce lee or is he you know reading the landscape and going the paul brothers have all these you know views and they're making all this money and there's a lot of this kind of even tyson's legends thing you know there's this sort of uh, exhibition style thing is popular right now and he's just maybe really clever and getting a big payday out of it which one do you think 
actually you know what you mentioned earlier it came to me you you mentioned the conversation we'd had and you said like oh when people start to believe their own hype with it um i was wondering how much of that if he is like a youtube star and that's where he's come from and that's where he gets all his seminars through and how much of is it is it like a feedback loop with him and his fans and they're saying stuff to him and saying that he's the next big thing that's saying that he could beat people and then he's doing another demo that shows that and that's specifically why i was asking you know what i mean because you'd have to think if you're going i just like to them this is my artist think it's interesting and then millions of people are engaging with it it's hard if you're not like conditioned if your ego is not in a really good place to not go like man i must be the shit here you know this must really be something well you see this is you've just said something now and uh i said this is why i love these conversations because I, it's one of those where you just say something like oh, i didn't even think about that you see the the problem is uh the cynic in me is thinking he's just looked at it He's just really basically some sort of spoofer who managed to find out, you know, without without sounding out of order. He's one of those characters and he's a great guy, you know, you know, and famous is Master Wong. And Master Wong's great at this. He knows his environment and he's great at banging out these clips and they're dead humorous. And I have absolutely no doubts whatsoever that he's really, really good at it, right? DK is the complete opposite where I'm looking at it and everything I see, I'm going, None of that seems to look legit, first of all. You're not really that humorous either. And then I'm thinking, I want, I want the realist in him to have turned around and gone, I can make a few quid out of this. But deep down, I think, you know, it's that point where you turn around and go, well, eight and a half million people can't be wrong. You know, they've tuned in and they haven't come out at 30 seconds. They've watched a lot. Maybe I have got something. And then as you, Nathan, said, like the, the, the beauty of it is, uh, martial arts again it's a weird weird, it's a weird weird culture we're in anyway but that point where it's you know where it knocks in and like i don't know what the korean version of the coward of the county song sounds like but maybe that's playing on an internal dialogue and that bit where he's he's just had enough now and he's gonna lock the door and beat up all of those cowboys maybe in his head he's going well maybe i can do this and then he found out that yo can't do it you know going up against as he called him, a bear. I, I did look at it and I was like, height difference, weight difference. And then as soon as I hit him once, I saw him hit him once into the head and then he went straight to the body. I was like, this guy's going to carry him for a couple of rounds. And, you, you know, again, you've got to remember that the whole thing, you do not want to go to Korea and knock out their golden boy because you know what I mean? You might find it difficult to get out of that airport. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it, again, but I mean, I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, we mentioned pro wrestling. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that's nothing to do with the country. We're, we're, you know, no, you no, no, that. no, you, no, you, you, I, no, no. I was just going to say you get that in the next town over here. Like, no, no, you've hit you've hit the nail on the head because it's like you know, Henzo Gracie was saying, you know, where he, they go in there and it would be like, like back off on this guy because you know, the crowd has started to hit us. And then obviously in the you oh, you, you fight, you fight, you, know, you fight the hometown favorite. You're fighting the crowd oh. as well in every sense. Sometimes, be, sometimes during the fight, and sometimes after as well. You know. And are you going to be lucky enough to get out of the stadium? That's the thing. You know what I mean? And it is. It's so pro wrestling now because, as you were saying, the narrative was created that it was like eighty percent of the work had already been done, and he pulled out every single one out of the bag. The only thing that I was waiting for him to say was oh, I, I should have took off my shoes. Because that used to be the old one in the karate days, wasn't it? Where the guy got beaten up in the pub car park. And like, yeah, but I was wearing shoes. You know, I only kicked with bare feet. And you're like, oh, what, really? 
what world do we live in here, mate? Nathan? Well, you know what? That comparison you made with Master Wong there and about the humour, I think that's part of it. That he, took, he, he seems to take himself so seriously. That's... Like, I don't mind people doing demos. Like, I love watching demos. I don't mind people doing that. But taking yourself too seriously with it and being pompous about it and trying to, and looking down on other people when you don't really have the skills to back it up, I think that's what rubs me the wrong way. I think that's why I wanted to see him get knocked out. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Every Even having seen his demo videos years ago, that kind of stuff, That's I haven't put my finger on it. But yeah, there's a little bit of like, he's peacocking when he's doing these weird demos you know like you said you've removed every other element and you're only showing how i always think like you you're tilting the person's shoulders back and you can push down with your pinky on their chest and they're going to fall over because that's the structure of a body that's how that works and so oh my god this guy can take you down with one pinky you know uh it's okay in that demo if you're laughing when you're doing it and going look at how weird bodies are this is how it works you know but it's different when you you have this like Steven Seagal look in your eyes and then you sort of pause for uh, applause or something like that, which seems to be his MO. And I agree. I, I, even though I was sort of surprised or maybe even impressed beforehand that he was getting in the ring, I wanted to watch him lose. Right. And it's because of that. Okay. So, but where does he go from here? So before before we, you know, we're going to have to go off soon. Um, I know Brad's been offered a fight now against the heavyweight who was at the press conference. Um, and apparently that's going to be, he's going to have time to train for that. And Brad will probably take that fight. Um, but I don't know what, what do you think's next for DK now? Is it, I mean, he's, you know, he's in the late forties, I think. Do you think he should have another fight? Do you think he should just go back to doing what he's doing? Um, I'm interested to see what happens. Me personally, um, I look at it and I'm thinking that guy, when you look at the numbers that he puts up, like, so he's just one of the streams we were talking about this earlier. So one of the, one of the streams that we shared to each other hit 300,000, I think. And that's in what, eight hours, you know, you look at some of his demo clips and they're in the millions now. And, you know, th this is the thing, you know, you got to remember I'm apart from Will, Will's a, only a couple of years older than me. But I'm one of those old guys. I can't work out. You get money as an influencer. You know what I mean? And like, I'm sure he's making good money. And I'm sure that if the deck can be loaded so well, you know, in his favor yet again, uh, that he would take another fight. But I, I don't know what he would do. I think, to tell you the truth, uh, MMA, unfortunately, is a very unforgiving mistress. So I think that MMA will not be the one that he will go with. And what he will do is he'll go to a style versus style. So me personally, I like to see him go up against a decent karate cat. I like to see him go up against a decent wushu guy. Uh, yeah, Nathan, when we're talking about the movie, yeah, imagine him going up against Yuri Boyka or going up against Eddie Gordo from Tekken. You know what I mean? Like, now that I'd like to see. I'd like to see him go up against the guy who does capoeira. You know what I mean? It'd be it'd be amazing, um, but I think if he went for another MMA guy, I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd end well for him, especially if he actually did anything but boxing. That's the other one, Kurt. 
I am always here for the idea of style versus style fights. I, I wish that somehow UFC could go back to when it was doing that. I just think that stuff is, is a trip, but uh, I don't see him doing anything besides chasing paper. I, I, I think this whole thing is a money grab at the end of the day. I think if we didn't see this sort of, um, oh, I don't know, like, burgeoning thing of youtube people getting all of this this money and publicity i I have to assume he's looking at that and going i have these numbers too why can't i get some of that money too and i think i mean he's calling out saying he can take conor mcgregor and people like that that's obviously you know he's just trying to uh um okay so coming (laughs) in 2022 uh woman promoted uh mick tully versus dku um (laughs) Mick has to fight with one hand tied behind his back, hopping on one leg. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.